0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey everyone, welcome to church this weekend, and I am honored to be able to speak to you this weekend. If I've never had an opportunity to meet you before, my name is Matt. I'm the Bayville Campus Pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And wherever you are watching this, this weekend, we are truly honored that you're spending part of your weekend with us. I believe God has something for us this weekend. Amen. You could type amen in the chat if you are expectant. That's the most important part is to be expectant to hear from God. Amen. And the message for this weekend, it's titled Fear Not. And, you know, Fear is something that we all struggle with. If we're going to be honest, it is something we all struggle with. And especially the last couple of months, it's something we've probably struggled with in one way or another. And it's something that there are tons of people that are still struggling to this day with fear based off just even the last couple of months, what's happened with COVID and the coronavirus and all of that, and maybe losing their job, whatever it may be, their health. But fear is something that people have struggled with since a human's we're, since sin really came into the world. And I want to talk about fear today because it is something we struggle with. So why not see what God has to say about it? Because, because God addresses fear a lot in the Bible. And, you know, I think back to when I was a kid and many of you, if you've heard me speak before, if I've been able to talk to you, You know that as a kid, I struggled with fear and anxiety badly. And even to this day, I have to make sure I'm aware of it. I have to keep fighting it. But when I was a kid, I struggled with it very, very bad. And I remember as a kid, I went through a stage where I was actually so afraid to go to sleep at night because I would be afraid that I would have a nightmare. I had a lot of nightmares at night. I had a lot of bad dreams. To be honest, I'd be I'd be very afraid to go to sleep. And I remember there was this one time when I was a kid that I actually at nighttime, I would go and hide. And my mom would be looking for me. And then she would find me because I had to go to sleep. And she'd say, why are you hiding? And in my mind, as a kid, I was hiding because I thought if I wasn't wouldn't be found, I wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, have to go to sleep, which I would have passed out eventually, right, from being tired of falling asleep. But my mindset was, if I could hide, I won't have to go to sleep because I was scared of going to sleep. And thank God, obviously, that got broken. And I'm going to address that a little bit more later. But fear is a thing. And fear, it's a huge motivator in life for many people. Fear is a huge motivator in life for many people. Fear is used by people to motivate people to do things. We see this as well. Fear, Fear sells. Fear sells. You can watch a a commercial and it will say, your family is in danger. If you buy our product, you'll be safe. Or buy this alarm system so nobody will break into your house. I'm not saying it's not good to have an alarm system. I have an alarm system. But when when we see a commercial like that, we might think of switching because we might say, oh, I'll be more protected because we're scared of what might happen. Fear sells. We see fear can boast TV ratings. I remember there's time the news will come on and it will say, literally it'll say something, a new danger to your family's safety. Details at 11 o'clock tonight. Now, we might hear that and then we go, oh, wait, what, what are they talking about? I better tune in to see what they're saying. And we're giving in to fear. We're going to let what is said dictate our fear. And that is something we don't want to do this. And, you know, many of the fears that I just mentioned, they're, they're silly, whatever it may be. Maybe you think they're ridiculous. But there are many fears that we deal with on a daily basis that aren't silly, that aren't irrational, so to say. Because there are things that we face that are genuinely that could be fearful in our lives. They could be fearful. And here's the thing, though, all throughout the Bible, and that's what I want to look at today, over and over and over again, we are told this. We're told to fear not. We're told don't be afraid. We're told have no fear. We're told take heart. We're told don't worry or be afraid. All throughout the Bible, we're told that. But there's something very interesting that I notice in the Bible There's a distinct difference between the Bible telling us not to be afraid and anyone else telling you not to be afraid. See, that's important. You need to know the distinction that there's a distinction when the Bible is telling us, when God's word is speaking to us and saying, don't be afraid versus somebody else telling you not to be afraid. And why is that? Well, I know for me personally, most of the time when somebody would tell me, don't be afraid. They mean well, they're coming at it from a good heart, but they're telling me because their reasoning is that my fear or your fear might be unfounded. And what do I mean by that? Like as a child, I remember that we had like garden snakes. We had garden snakes in the, in the, like we lived next to the woods and I'd be afraid of them. Obviously I was afraid of snakes. And somebody, was, I think it was my grandma would say, don't be afraid of the snake because the snake is more afraid than of you than you are of the snake. Now she might've thought that, I don't know if that was true because I was pretty scared of that snake, right? Or even as kids, they're afraid of monsters under the bed and we go and tell them not to be afraid of monsters under the bed because there is no monsters under the bed. Or don't be afraid of the dark because the dark really isn't that scary. So we can tell people that. We've probably told people that. Maybe you've told your children that and you've probably been told that by people as well. And there's nothing wrong about that or flying. If you're scared of flying, you might be told, don't be scared of flying because it's actually the safest way statistically of of traveling. But there's a difference. See, that's people telling us not to be afraid. And there's nothing wrong with that because we, and ourselves, we could tell somebody not to be afraid based off statistics or based off, hey, your fear might be irrational because it's likely it won't happen. But when the Bible tells us not to be afraid, it is very different because it's not telling us not to be afraid because that probably won't happen to you or that fear is irrational. No, the Bible tells us when the Bible says, do not be afraid or fear not, it's basing that upon the person who is with you. And that's Jesus. And it's based upon God's word. The Bible is never calling your your fears irrational. And the Bible gives situations where your fears, they might be well-founded, but it still says, don't be afraid. I want to look at Psalm 27 and David writes this Psalm. And you want to talk about a man who definitely had some fearful situations in his life or had reasons to choose to fear. He had people at him coming at him who wanted to kill him. And in Psalm 27, he wrote, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? David is saying, why should I be afraid? Because of who is my Lord? He's saying, God is my light. He is my salvation. So why should I be afraid? And then he says, the Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? See, David's not saying that that there's going to be no danger. There's going to be no trouble that comes in his life. But he says God is his fortress who protects him from danger so he will not tremble. And then he says, when evil people come to devour me, he's saying there's evil people out there. He says, when my enemies and foes attack me, he knows he's going to be coming out to be attacked. He says they will stumble and fall. And he says, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. You see, if there's a mighty army in David's time surrounding him, his heart is not afraid because he has people telling him, hey, don't be afraid, David. No, his heart is not afraid because he knows the one who is his fortress and he knows the one who is with him. Because he goes and says, even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Because again, he knows who is with him. He knows God is by his side. And in Psalm 46, he also writes, God is our refuge and strength. See, this is not just for David. This is for you. God is your refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Again, he's not saying that there's not going to be trouble in this life. But he's saying God is an ever-present help in trouble. See, there's going to be trouble. And present help, what that means, I was looking up, it means a help that has been found to be reliable or proven to be a reliable stronghold in the past so that any future problem is no reason to fear. Wherever you are watching this right now, go grab a notepad, go grab a sticky note, whatever it may be, and think about a time in your life that you've seen God's faithfulness when you were scared or when you had fear or when you were fearing maybe for your health, that you were fearing for your finances or you were fearing for your family, whatever it may be, and that God came through and he was faithful. Because now whatever you are wrestling with, look back to that and go, I don't need to be afraid because the same God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever that was faithful then will be faithful now. Amen? And David says, therefore, we will not fear. He's not going to fear because he knows God has his ever-present help. Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, he still will not be afraid. These are all situations that we just read about where we're seeing there are things that are bad. And we could see it in our world. There's division right now. There's reasons to be fearful. When is this virus going to go away? When are things going to go back to how it was beforehand? Whatever it may be. Many of us, we don't know if things will fully go back to it was beforehand. We don't know. We can't see tomorrow, but we don't need to fear. You don't need to fear because you know the one who is with you. See, we shouldn't be surprised when we see there's going to be trouble. We know there's going to be trials. We know there's going to be temptations. We know Jesus is going to come back. And as the end times are here, we're in them. Things are going to get worse. Things are going to happen. We know this, but we know that at the end, Jesus wins and God is faithful. Amen. So even when we see that things are bad, David still says, he says, hey, even if the ground from, falls under my feet, I will not be afraid. He's saying some trust, and we've seen this, he wrote, some can trust in chariots back then, horses. Now maybe we, we trust in our insurance, we trust in our bank accounts and whatever. And those are not bad things. Those aren't bad things to have. But we need to make sure before everything else, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in God before anything else because here's everything, everything else we could possibly lose. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow can bring. But the thing we know is that God is faithful. He is faithful and he tells us to fear not. And now I want to look at, those were some Old Testament scriptures in the Psalms. And now I want to look at when Jesus came into the world. In the New Testament, And Jesus came into the world, he was God himself living like we did And in absolutely terrifying times that we can read about in the New Testament, we see what Jesus says about fear, and he addresses. And I want to look at a couple instances, and we're going to start in Mark chapter 4. So Jesus is with his disciples here in the Gospel of Mark, and it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. So they're all in the boat together, Jesus and his disciples. And it says, there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So maybe put yourself on the boat. And maybe you're just even from hearing this, you're terrified because maybe you don't like the water. So now they have water coming over into their boat so that it was nearly swamped. So it wasn't just like a little bit of drips. No, it was a lot of water coming in. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Throughout this, Jesus is sleeping. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and he rebuked the wind and the, and the waves and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. So we see Jesus just handle the situation that is going on. And then he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, Jesus asked them, why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? Because when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, to him, that was done. He said, we're going to make the other side. It's going to happen. We're going to get there. And right now, listen, maybe since this started back in March, You've been terrified. Listen, we're going to get past this thing. We're going to get to the other side. But that doesn't mean that there are not going to be things during the time. There's not going to be trials that come up. There's not going to be things that can cause us to fear, whatever it may be during that time. But Jesus still says, why are you afraid? Fear not. And he's not criticizing. He's saying, fear not. Why? Because I am with you through this. He walks hand in hand with us during this time. Whatever we do, all of us, each and every one of us, during this time, during this season we're in, let's make sure first and foremost, we're fixing our eyes upon Jesus and not on the situations and the circumstances of this world. Because if our attention is on that and not on him, that is when we will fear. You can choose not to fear when we fix our eyes upon Jesus. Again, does that mean that there won't be times that come up that you're going to want to fear? No, there's going to be times, to be honest with you. There's going to be times and there have been times and there probably will be a few more times throughout this. Throughout this life, literally, and just throughout these last couple of months where I've had opportunities to fear. And there's been times where I have experienced fear and I have been anxious, but I need to fix my eyes upon Jesus when that happens. And know that he says, do not be afraid. Know that he says, fear not. Know that he says, I am with you. See, Jesus, he told his disciples to fear not, not because they were excellent fishermen or excellent being on the water. He told them to fear not. And he said, why are you afraid? Because he was looking at his guys, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then I want to look at another storm that Jesus was a part of. See, storms, we see storms all throughout the New Testament. And it was on the Sea of Galilee, but with different circumstances this time. Because see, Jesus this time, he sent his disciples to the other side of the lake, but he stayed behind. And in Matthew 14, it says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. See, the disciples were on the boat going away, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. See, there's anything that had a reason to fear. They're seeing somebody which, hey, if we see somebody walking to us on the water too, we might have been afraid. So let's not just criticize them, right? Because we, if we are in that situation, we might have been scared too. And they said, it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then... We see another kind of fear that Jesus talks about in the Gospels. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, and this one is one that you may be struggling with right now, that we all struggle with from time to time in our life. And he says, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who, uh, this scripture, if we could just take this scripture to heart. This is something I, this scripture is a scripture I meditate on so much. and It says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? There are times, I'm not going to lie, in the middle of the night, and that's a lot of the times for me personally where fear, worry, and anxiety will come at me as I wake up in the middle of the night. And what happens? You lose sleep. And that's not good. Why? Because all of us, we like to sleep. I'm sure we like to sleep, right? We need our sleep. So we're rested and we're ready to go after whatever we need to go after to do and accomplish whatever we need to do the next day. But when we're worrying and we're fearful, I know for myself, I lose sleep. So this is a scripture I start saying now, when I start worrying in the middle of the night, I'm saying, I cannot add a single hour to my life by worrying right now. All I'm going to do is lose hours of sleep. So God, I'm going to rest. I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to go to sleep. We can't add any time to our life by worrying And Jesus says, Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about that. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be given to you as well. You do not need to worry about any of those things. And then verse 32 he says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom Jesus is saying, do not fear, do not worry. And listen, we see many things here. We saw a storm at the sea, experienced sailors knowing, well, them knowing, them feeling like they were going to die. And then Jesus speaks peace in the storm. Another storm at sea we saw, but this time they left Jesus behind on the shore. And then he appeared to them on the wave tops, coming toward them, and they roar out in terror, but his strong voice cut through the winds and the waves when he said, do not be afraid. And then Jesus, the last one we read, he lists all these enormous pressures of people on a time. And we can relate to a lot of those, right? Just on a daily basis, making sure we're providing enough for our families to survive. Whatever it may be, just our daily fears. Do we have enough food to eat? Do we have enough clothes to wear? And he says, still says, do not be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. And he doesn't tell us that our fears are unfounded. He doesn't say that. What he's saying is, do not give into those fears because I am with you. Jesus is saying, do not give into those fears. He's not telling you your fears are unfounded or your fears aren't real, but he's saying, do not give into those fears because I am with you. Now, if you struggle with anxiety or fear, and maybe it's something you're struggling with right now. And again, this is something that I struggle with. On a daily basis, that I need to make sure I'm fixing my eyes upon Jesus. And this message isn't, it's not aiming at you. And if it's not saying if you struggle with worry or stress, it doesn't say you're a bad person or you have no faith. No, that's not what it's saying. I struggle with that and it's a very real thing. What Jesus is saying is, though, I am with you. If you struggle with that, I am with you. And you know, we need to. Personally, all of us, we need to be careful sometimes of ridiculing people for maybe about what they're fearing, have fear about something or pointing that out and pointing them to their fears are unfounded. Instead, what do we need to do is to point them to the one who is with them. And by that, I mean Jesus. We need to point them to the word of God. Now, I want to talk to whoever's watching this right now. There's many people that are watching this and let's just stop thinking about everyone else, but I have a question for you. What are you afraid of? And I'm asking myself this too. And why are you afraid? See, Jesus isn't ridiculing your fears. But what he's doing is he's inviting you to know him. And here's the thing. I can sit here. I'm not sitting, I'm standing. So I can stand here and I could tell you for the next 10 minutes Why you shouldn't be afraid, but I'm not the one who calms the storms and the seas. I'm not the one who can make death turn backwards. I'm not the one who rose from the dead. I'm not the one who walked on water. No, Jesus is the only one. See, you could put your anchor on somebody else. You could put your faith into somebody else, but that person will fail. But you need to put your faith into Jesus. He is our rock, He is our anchor. And He's the one who says to us, Why are you afraid? He's the one that says to us, do not fear. He's the one that says to us, I am with you. He's the one that says to us, don't you realize who I am? I want to look at right before Jesus went to the cross. Right before he went to the cross, he said something to his disciples that was very powerful. In John chapter 14, he says, peace I leave with you my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't give in to the fear. So how do we move on from our fear? How do we obey Jesus when he is calling us not to be afraid? Well, the one thing I can say is this is, In my own life, I've noticed if we're going to defeat the fear that is in our lives, the fear that could be in our lives right now, if we're going to defeat that fear, we have to know Jesus. You have to know Jesus. And I don't mean just listening to a message once a week. No, you have to know Jesus. Because if we know him more, the more we know him, our fear becomes weaker and weaker. It doesn't mean that our fear is not there. It doesn't mean that it's not real, but it means when we draw into Jesus and the more we know him, our fears will get weaker and weaker because we know the one who is with us. First, you have to decide. Maybe you're watching this and you haven't decided to follow Jesus. Well, that's the first thing to do. You need to confess your sins, you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, invite him into your life. And that's the first step, and it opens the door to beginning that relationship, beginning that journey, beginning to know Jesus. And when we do that and we surrender our life to him, then we have the Holy Spirit. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've invited him to be your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit available in your heart to help you see Jesus and to know him more. And we have the word of God. See, the word of God, if your Bible has been sitting on your shelf, you're not using the greatest weapon that you have. This is the greatest weapon that we have to combat fear. There's over three, there's 365 verses that literally says fear not. That's, you know, God doesn't do things um, on accident. There's 365 days in a year. You can literally see a different verse on not fearing each and every day of the year. But you need to know, you have to use the weapon that he has given to us. Because our courage, our courage, our strength comes and is found in knowing Jesus. Just like David said when we read Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and salvation, in whom shall I be afraid? See, his courage to be able to say that was because he knew who his Lord was. He knew who he was. Then, you know, this could be really deep, so to say. After you know Jesus and you're following him, the next step is we need to keep following him. We need to keep following him. See, that's the thing. You could be a Christian five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and there could be times in all of our life. Listen, I'll be honest. I've been Christian now. It will be coming up eight years this month, eight years. In August 2012, I gave my life to Jesus. And there's been times throughout those eight years where I might not have been digging into my word like I should have been digging into the word. I'm getting preoccupied with other things, giving my attention to other things. And then I see things start coming back into my life and I need to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, when you start to follow Jesus, that's not something that just ends after a certain amount of years. We follow Jesus. We run our race. We keep following him until the day we take our last breath. We need to keep following him, keep getting to know him more. That's the journey. Every step that we make, in knowing Jesus and following him and being obedient, it's a courageous choice of obedience and trust instead of fear. When we're experiencing fear, for example, maybe you have fear for your finances right now. Well, you can know. God says, when we follow his principles, he says, I will supply all of your need. So you could take that first step and saying I'm going to trust what God's word says versus over giving into the fear I'm experiencing. Maybe you're, you're having fear right now and you're afraid to leave your house and you're afraid you're going to get sick. Take the precautions. Use wisdom, but also go read Psalm 91. It says no plague will come to your dwelling and trust in God's word and what he says. that he, he is going to protect you. So we see. Step one. If you haven't done that yet, you need to decide to follow Jesus. And step two is we need to obey him. We need to know his word. We need to keep following him and digging into his word. See, Jesus' disciples, they got to know Jesus by being with him physically. He was physically with them. Now, and then he, you know, he died. He rose again. He went back to heaven. So then they didn't have him physically with them. But they had a period of time where he was physically with them. That's how they got to know him. They got to know the living word. But we've got the written word, which is alive. And that helps us know Jesus. This is how we know Jesus is through the word. Each through the word. Now, each step in our life, it leads to the next one. So if you go to the disciples, a lot of the disciples, they made their first step. Some of them, they were fishing and they left their nets behind. Jesus said, follow me. They left their nets behind. And they got to know him by continuing to follow him, even when other people stopped following him. And they got to know him better and better until they finally got to know him as the one who flattened wind and waves by the calm of his voice. They got to know him as the one who defeated death. They got to know him as the one that went around healing people. They got to know him as the one, again, who was raised to life, After three days and all of those little steps, so to say, that they saw that helped them know him more, know who he was. Now, we can do the same thing. They saw the living word, but we have the written word. So we can continue to know Jesus more by reading and seeing how Jesus is our healer, by reading and seeing how he is our provider, to reading and seeing how he is our ever, ever present help in trouble. I want to look at a few more scriptures because, see, we know one thing that drives out fear, and that's his perfect love. So, again, when you know Jesus and you know the love he has, that's going to help drive out fear. In 1 John 4, 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love drives out fear. You need to know the love of Jesus because he is the only one who offers perfect love. Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Again, in that Psalm, it doesn't say you're never going to be afraid. It literally says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, talking about God. So when you are afraid, what are you putting your trust in? Are you putting your trust in what the media is saying? Are you putting your trust in what somebody else is saying? Are you putting your trust in statistics? Are you putting your trust in your heavenly father? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We do not have a spirit of fear. And then Isaiah 12.2, I love this scripture too, it says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. We need to choose to trust. See, we can choose fear or we can choose to trust what God's word says. We could choose to trust what God's word says. And again, that doesn't mean if you're experiencing fear right now, that doesn't mean to feel shame. That doesn't mean to feel guilt. No. See, God wants us. He he wants us to come to him how we are. Listen, you don't need to pretend like you're not afraid. No. God knows. God knows. He knows when I'm, when I'm being fearful, when I'm afraid, when I'm anxious, I don't need to hide it to, from him. He knows what I'm going through. What I need to do is I need to just get alone and surrender to him and say, God, Lord, I'm struggling with right this right now. I'm struggling with this fear. I'm struggling with this anxiety. But Lord, I'm not going to give in to that, Father. I'm not going to grab hold of that. Father, instead, I'm going to grab hold to you. So, Father, I ask you to come right now. I ask you to comfort me. I ask you to show me yourself more in your word. Reveal yourself more to me. Reveal what your word says to me about this situation that I'm fearing, and then after I do that and I see what his word says, then I need to choose to trust in what his word says. See, we can know what his word says, but we need to choose to trust in what his word says. Now, this last scripture I want to read is looking at the apostle John, and at the end of his life, he saw a vision revealed to him of Jesus revealed to him in all his power and glory I want to go to the book of Revelation. And John, he had this vision and he says this. John said in Revelation chapter one, he said, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Now John says, I mean, can you imagine seeing this? When John says, then he says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. You know, I've noticed from my life is freedom from fear. A lot of the times comes from when we rediscover Jesus. What do I mean by rediscovering Jesus? I mean, when we see what his word says, I mean, maybe we're realizing we're fearing and we haven't been digging into to the word of God. Maybe, you know, this last couple of months, you've gotten so preoccupied and, and by everything that's going on and your routine completely was messed up and, and then you haven't maybe been, been worshiping and you haven't been getting into your word and you haven't been praying and you're being attacked with things. This is the time more than ever. You need to go and rediscover what the word of God says. You need to go and press in more than ever before. Don't, get, don't let everything else get you sidetracked. Don't let everything else get your attention. The word of God needs to get our attention first and foremost. Why? Because listen, I can tell you in situations, you can come up to me and I can tell you, hey, don't be afraid. You can go to a friend and they can tell you, don't be afraid. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to go to people because we should go to people and hopefully those people will give us advice out of the word of God. But again, I am not the one who went, around, who, who went around healing people, who raised people from the dead, or who defeated death, Jesus is the one. And we need to see the written word, which is alive. And we need to see Jesus telling us, fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. We need to know him. Now, going back to that story, and I just want to show an instance in my life, of how I put something into practice in and it work is, when I talked about when I was a kid and I struggled with fear and I tr- struggled with sleeping. Now, when I got saved in 2012, I still struggled with fear. You know, you might notice that when you, when you got saved, the issues in your life and maybe the fears and the anxieties, they didn't just disappear like that. And I still struggled with fear. I was still very anxious with things. And a lot of the times it would come up at night. And what happened now when I was older, I used to clench my teeth at night and I'd wake up and my jaw would be sore and it'd be hurting my teeth and I'd be clenching my teeth. So what I started doing is every night, before I went to sleep. I remember I'd get down on the side of my bed. I'd open up my Bible to Psalm 91, verse five. And it says, do not be afraid of the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. And I would pray and I would just keep saying that. I would say, God, your word says, I don't need to be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. And I would literally say, I can remember this clearly, say, Lord, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. I'm not going to have nightmares. I'm not going to clench my teeth. I'm going to get perfect rest. Why? Because this is what your word says. I do not need to fear the terrors of night. and literally. I would say for probably a year and a half, every night before I went to sleep, I would bring that scripture out and I would say it out loud probably five to 10 times and I would pray and I didn't have any issues because I had to build my faith in what his word says and I kept speaking it and I kept taking each step each night to trust it. Whatever you are fearing, go and find out what God's word says. Take that first step, get to know the savior more, who is the one whose voice still cuts through sea and wind, who calls out to you in impossible storms. Maybe you feel like you're going in an impossible, you're in the middle of an impossible storm right now. Jesus is still calling to you through that. And he's saying, don't be afraid. The one who places his right hand on you. Just like John wrote about when he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death. Jesus is going to be coming back one day and maybe it'll be in our lifetime, maybe it won't. But however long we're here on earth, through any situation, through the situation that's happening right now, through a situation that may be to come. He is still saying to you, do not be afraid. He is saying to you, I am with you. He is saying to you, take heart. And he is saying to you, have no fear. So what I want to do is for anybody watching this, and I'm going to pray for all of us watching this, that we can, whatever we're experiencing or fearing, we can just lay that at the feet of Jesus. But I feel in my heart before then, I want to pray. If you're watching this, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that is the first step. That is the first step. You need to invite him into your life. That's a decision. See, God, he loves us so much. He's given us free will and he gave us that. We have that free will to make that decision, but it is a decision that you need to make here on your earth, on here, on this earth to follow him and to make him the Lord of your life. And how do we do that? Well, it says in Romans that if you believe Jesus is God's son and you believe he rose from the death death, death. You believe he defeated death. You believe he rose on the third day. He died for your sins. It says, if you believe that, and then you confess that it says you are saved. What do I mean by that? You are a child of God. You have that Holy spirit who I was talking about seals you and it lives inside you. So I want to lead us all in that prayer. So wherever you are, I'm going to repeat this prayer. I'm going to say this prayer and just repeat this prayer with me. And if this is your first time saying this prayer, know that you are going to be saved. You're going to be a child of God. You're giving your life to him and he is going to be with you. And that doesn't mean that all your problems in life are going to disappear right now or disappear overnight. Doesn't mean that. But what it means is that same one who said back then, do not fear. He says that to you and he is with you and he is your ever present help and he will walk through this life with you and you can rely on him and he will be your stronghold. So if you can just repeat this prayer with me. Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son and I believe that he died for my sins and I believe that he rose again and defeated death. So now Jesus, I repent of my old ways and I invite you into my life as my Lord and my Savior and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life I thank you for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I feel so strongly in my heart. There may be a few of you that have prayed that for the first time, and I want you to know we are rejoicing with you. Heaven is rejoicing with you. And please, if you're watching our church online, let us know in the chat. You prayed that prayer because we want to help you out on your journey. If you're watching this on YouTube, just click the link in the description because you truly have started your journey. You have started your journey with God, and we want to help you in any way we can. And now I want to pray for all of us. I just want to pray that we can cast our fear to Jesus. We can know that he is saying to us, do not fear. He is our ever present help in trouble. So we're going to bring whatever fears we have to him. So, Father, I thank you for everybody watching this, Father. Everybody, whenever they're watching, if they're watching it on the weekend, if they're watching it a month from now, a year from now, whatever it may be, Father, we come together and we cast our fears to you, Lord. We put our fears at the feet of Jesus. We put our fears to the away to the one who says, do not be afraid. So, Jesus, I thank you. As we surrender to you, Father, you, Father, are beginning a work in people's hearts right now. You, Father, are speaking to the wind. You are speaking to the waves. You are speaking to the storms in their life. And you are saying to us, do not be afraid. So, Father, we trust, we trust to not choose fear. We're not going to choose fear. And instead, we're going to trust your word and trust you, Father. So I thank you for that. And I thank you, Lord. Right now, people are being healed, Father, healed, Father, emotionally from the fears that they may be experiencing and the anxieties they may be experiencing. As, Father, your power is going forth. Your word is going forth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.